It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. the uh, West London Sport QPR podcast. Uh, a combination of holidays, timing issues, and as we frank about it, apathy have led to a slight delay in getting back on the air. But here we are now to reflect on QPR's mixed start to the new season. As ever, I'm joined by former Rangers striker and captain Kevin Gallon, whose picture now adorns the new Loft Legends wall, which was unveiled on Saturday outside the Forever Isles bar uh, and officially opened by Jerry Francis, head of the, uh, the Ipswich game. Uh, now, just a quick word, some Real credit should be thrown out to the hard work of uh, QR story and Chris Guy and Martin Percival, and also from the club, Dan Larry and Matt Webb, who've done a magnificent job in getting the project over the line. It, it looks really, you know, really, really impressive. And uh, welcome back once again to Ben Kosky. Thanks for joining us, fellas. Thanks, Ian. Okay. Right, as I said, it has been a mixed up season, um, but I guess we'll start with the most recent match. Uh, Ipswich, a 1-0 defeat, and they're a 1-0 defeat now. Uh, both you gents are there at the game, but I'll throw it to you first, Kev. What were your overall impressions of um, you know, the, the performance? Uh, yeah. Look, I'll, one thing I would say is it was a great, lovely day. Great crowd. The, uh, the fans were out in force. Um, considering, you know, um, recent results over the last year I suppose but you know credit to the to the fans for coming out and showed real enthusiasm real support for the team um you know very good very good support um and the game it was a decent game it's which you're a decent team you don't get promoted from league one without being a, a decent team you've got to have a good team to get promoted um any division so they're on a sort of a crest of a of a wave of you know um winning football matches and habits and you could see they had good patterns of play and they knew what they were doing. Uh, we done some good things at times, but I think Ipswich, you know, controlled the game slightly. Uh, hit the post and it rolls across and hits the other side of the post and that goes in and it's a different game. And 
that's where QPR are at the moment. But you know, I thought maybe a draw might have been um, might have been a fair result. And to be honest, I would have took a draw at the start of the game because uh, because uh, Ipswich have had a great start to the season. But it wasn't to be, and uh, there's a lot of improvement needed uh, in the next few weeks. Ben, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with uh, Kev. The, the, the draw, I think, probably would have been about right. I felt it was pretty close. Um, I, I felt when the fixtures came out, it was a bad time, or it was going to be a bad time to play Ipswich. Um, as, as we've said, a team that has been with that sort of momentum they've had from last season, um, they, they've only lost one game since last Christmas. I mean, when you've got that sort of run going, you're going to be full of confidence. And, and I think... Uh, yeah, I would much rather have played a team like Leeds who are on a bit of a downer at this stage. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I was mostly encouraged, uh, to be honest. I felt there was uh, certainly more good things than, than not. Um, and y- you look at the, the the sort of the new lineup that, that's taking shape and, and you feel there's uh, there's certainly been strides made since, since last season. I think one of the things certainly that struck me is is when Ipswich scored you're looking at what's what's the attitude what what's the body language like among the Rangers players because I think we both know towards the end of last season it, it was dreadful when a goal went in and and I felt it was a lot better they gave it a bit of a go in those last 15 minutes plus however many there were added on can't remember now um didn't get the goal but uh yeah I, I felt there was a lot to be encouraged about. Um, you don't want to lose at home sooner or later. Of course, we, we haven't got another home game for a few weeks, but uh, sooner or later that, that home record has got to improve. Because as we know, uh, last, again, last season, um, that was a, a major, major problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a, a better showing. I mean, I was at Cardiff before and that was, you know, decent enough. I mean, it couldn't be any worse than it was in the season over though. I mean, I think I said last year when QPR beat Bristol City at Ashton, great that it was one of the best performances or arguably the best away performance I've ever seen from QPR team in the first half of the Watford game was the polar opposite to that where I've never seen QPR that bad. It was a disgraceful performance. So, you know, the bar was so low, it couldn't get any worse than that. And, you know, the win at Cardiff, it was a hard fought win, but it was deserved. Um, and so led to Gareth Angel sort of making this big sort of announcement about changing the style and you know what he wants to do and that. And so it begs the question, Kevin, really. I mean, why did it take a 4 0 defeat at Watford for him to kind of do that? I mean, surely this is what he's worked on in pre season and sort of look at what he's got. And, yeah, I, I, I would say that was that was that had to have come from the players, the side of the senior players. Had to because you don't, you don't go to Austria for ten days and train two or three times a day on a particular style of football, and then when you lose your first game, just completely reverse it and go and, and try and um, play a different uh, the style that QPR have been playing for the last um, through Mark Warburton and Mick Bill and, and uh, Critchley uh, a passing game. I mean, it, look. Gareth really would, I would say, I mean, if I'm trying to read his mind, he would like to play the way he plays at Wickham, that he did at Wickham. But he hasn't got the players for that at QPR. 
and you have to play um just you've got to play a foot a style of football that um suits your players and let's be fair you know you've got Ilias chair one of your better players you don't play that style you need to get him on the ball you need a passing game and i think from what i would read behind the scenes that um there must have been words after that game against watford and the players have sort of got together and said look we need to play a more passing um style of football and and that's what's happened uh but also i mean i look at the stats on from saturday we ended up we're at the home team we have 38 percent. they have 62. we need to get if you've got to win football games consistently if you're going to try and win football games consistently you have to get that up to 50 percent at least especially at home you have to you know dominating the, the control of the game and dominating the ball to win football matches i mean you're going to win the odd game like we did against cardiff but and and burnley away but you know that's just going to be the odd game here and there you need to dominate the ball a little bit better and, and get up to the 50 percent possession have to if you're going to be successful and stay in the division yeah yeah i i agree on that and you know the I mean, we'll come on to my positives in a minute, but just, you know, they did lose the game and I just felt, I mean, the goalkeeper, I'm not, I'm not convinced that's a, a great signing, to be honest, but, you know, his distribution was abysmal in, you know, in the last 20 minutes and, you know, an experienced goalkeeper just kind of lost it long up top to a, you know, a young striker in his sort of second appearance at Thursday, who's, you know, likes the ball to his feet and expecting to win it in the air against kind of season you know center backs and that was half the problem really you, you, well, that's, coming straight back and that's how you, why you're not yeah that's a major, that's a major problem as well with lyndon dykes being injured i mean i've been on we've been in this podcast for years and i've said about the lack of strikers <laughs> at the football club and lyndon dykes is injured and we're now relying on sinclair armstrong at 20 is he 20 years old 21 yeah. Who scored one goal in his career, and now, and now a young lad who's never scored a goal in his career in the championship. It's just the recruitment there has been just that's just very very poor that we haven't got another striker, senior striker at the club, and they've got two weeks now to get one in because at the end of the day, Linda Dykes does get injured, which he there's every possibility that he will. You know, is he going to be fit for the whole season? He might be, he might not be, but you're going into a season with like one senior striker and two young lads you, you you need that that needs to be rectified quickly yeah i mean you, you're looking at i mean the lone window is still open i think that's the avenue they're going to have to go down you know but they, they do they do need i mean i don't know the financial situation we're told is is not great in terms of the financial fair play so you can only Working the framework you've got, but they release a lot of players in the summer, and they the squad's a lot smaller, and it's not it's not a better squad than it was last year. So he's got, you know, I'm not saying he's got one hand tied behind his back, but we just, as you say, the lack of strikers, it's going to be very difficult to, to win games of football. What, your your thoughts on that, Ben? I know you're not a huge fan of rushing out and just buying for the sake of buying, but I know you must sort of be on the similar thoughts of Kevin that you know we need to bring a couple more bodies in I th yeah I, th I think I mean uh, as, as as Kevin said we we've talked about this for years and and the uh the lack of strikers or, or not having enough of them um I, I would certainly be in favor of, of trying to bring someone in up, up front 
partly for the reasons we've, that have already been outlined, but also because um, I'm always a believer in that, that you should certainly have the option of playing two up front at times. And you certainly can't play two up front if you've only got, you know, two or, or one to start with. Um, so you have to have, if you're including Sinclair Armstrong as a first team striker, which I think they certainly are, you've got to have a third person alongside him and, and Linda Dykes as, as an option um, without a doubt. Um, as you say, it, it is, it is going to be, there's going to need to be some, some kind of some room there financially. And, and of course, as always, a lot of it may depend on um, people going out as much as coming in, because if someone is going out in the next couple of weeks, that, that, gives you um some more options but uh yeah I, I would certainly like to to see someone come in uh who, who plays up front and and ideally of course someone who offers some different quality to what Lyndon Dykes or Sinclair Armstrong does um because I think for me that that's always the key is ha have you got attacking players who who offer you different things in a different game situation um maybe when you need someone to come off the bench and, and, and do a job. I mean, um, we're going back a few years, but it's funny how often uh, I hear people say, you know, we, we could really do with having a Matt Smith player, you know, so, someone who can come off the bench in certain situations, just do the job of, of win the ball, make a nuisance of themselves in the box. I'm not saying necessarily there needs to be a Matt Smith clone coming in, but I, I think it just underlines the point. You need people who will give you um who will give you different to what you've already got um and yeah in terms in terms of people coming in i think probably most would would say that that is one that is probably the most pressing concern and then it depends you know where else you look in in the squad i mean i've heard people talk about uh needing another person in defense um i've got to say for me i look at cent central midfield and and i just think they're a bit light there in terms of personnel um if, if you look at it from from last season there's there's three central midfielders have left uh johansson amos and tim arubinum who went back to aston villa uh, and just one has come in jack colbat so for me although you've got people like um stephen duke mckenna who you would think is going to get minutes uh and, and gain an experience but for me that's an area again i would be looking at thinking have, have we got enough options here for, for the season? Yeah. I think I think what you say about the bench is, is, is very, very fair point. You have to look at it and say, I mean, particularly now you're getting games more often than not going to be 100, 105 minutes with the, the new rulings on extra time and injury time and that. And I think, you know, if you go back two years ago, you know, when Mark Warburton signed Andre Gray and they also had Charlie Austin and Dykes and, you, know, you wouldn't say it was an, over, an overriding success, but it wasn't a disaster either because, you know, Andre Gray come off the bench three or four times in one game for QBR. I did Charlie Austin come off the bench, having that sort of depth and been out of the change yet. But as you say, Dykes picked up that knee injury. You don't, know how, you don't really know how bad that is because they like to keep these things under their, they're close to their chest. Uh, QBR nowadays, they don't like to say how bad an injury is, so we don't know how long he's out for. Um, and then you see in Tinker Armstrong, basically run himself into the ground and just on 60 minutes go down like he's been shot just with cramp and i mean i know kev we've, we've discussed this sort of off, 
off air that that's a little bit of a worry, isn't it? Well, I've said this before, Ian. This um, the thing with Sir Armstrong, he's he's a big lad. He's, I mean, for want of a better, he's like muscle bound, and uh, and he play everything he does is one hundred mile an hour, as in he never sort of when the ball comes to him, he doesn't just lay it off. Uh, simple, everything's sort of a bit of a, a fight with the centre half, and that's his power, and that's his uh, strength. His strength is his strength, which is obviously his power and his pace. And nothing, everything he does is a hundred mile an hour and a hundred percent. And to do that for ninety, well, now it's like you said, a hundred minutes. It's, it's, it's that's you have to be fit as, and and it's a little bit of a worry that a lot of the players of of are going down with cramp, uh, because they've had a whole preseason. They went to Austria for ten days. And I see the game. I went to the Norwich game, and a few of the lads. I think Albert Adoma had cramp. Stevie Duke McKenna had cramp. There's a bit of bit of a, a slight concern, but regarding Sinclair Armstrong, he needs to be more economical with his play because to to, to play 100 minutes, 100 mile an hour is tough, and he needs to uh, lay the ball off and move and. Not everything has to be a fight every time you get the ball with the centre half, and uh, and he done well. Do you think that's he, something something you learn as 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 yeah. you get more experience. I mean, you're a young player coming into the side. Well, that's the thing, Ben. We've discussed this before, where really in uh, for Sinclair Armstrong's development, he really, I think, really should should have been definitely on loan last season to a League One or League Two team and learning. His trade and maybe even this season but because of the predicament that qpr are in with lack of strikers they have to use him but for his development he probably should be at a league one team now for till january learn learning his trade and but we're in this situation where he's linda dykes is injured and he's pretty much the first team striker at the moment <clears throat> he was good on Saturday. I mean, he's exciting to watch. I mean, that yeah, run down the line, it was, it was, uh, he had to get the crowd out of his seat. There's a real sort of buzz a... when he's on the ball. And there were times on Saturday where Ipswich was just petrified of him. They didn't know what to do. It was really sort of, you know, grown men, if you want for a better word, just sort of being absolutely, you know, looking bereft of ideas about how do you stop him? He's just running through people. But. As you say, physically that takes your soul. You know, you're going to war every game with the centre back. It's, it's not going to, you know. And, and perhaps, I mean, is that something? Is that a coaching thing? Do you think? Is that someone just sort of saying, I'm "Not taking away what you do," but I mean, I, I, I did I did Chelsea West Ham yesterday and saw you know, Mikel Antonio kind of you know scored a brilliant goal, bullied you know, Chelsea defence, and I sort of looked at him and thought, "Well, that's sort of what you want Armstrong to be when he gets older and better," but. Antonio doesn't run around like Armstrong does. He's sort of he's a bit more, you know, I suppose economical in his in what he does, and you know, there's good sides to that and bad sides to that. But I mean, in terms of, Jeff, do you think with, with, with Sinclair is it is it just coaching or finessing or something he'll learn? More? It's a little bit of coaching. Uh, it's also game experience and learning on the job. Really, the more the more you play. The more you learn, there's no better coaching than actually 
playing three o'clock on a Saturday. That's the best coaching you can get. Mm. But having like senior sort of centre backs, if you want, like Steve Cook, who's been around, seen it. I mean, I'm I'm sure he's talking to him and telling him things as well. I mean, did you yeah. find that when you, when you were a young player? You know, you always think like strikers learn from strikers, but you ever did you ever sort of learn from Alan McDonald, Danny Maddox, these types of players about? Well, you sort of, when you train against them, you're sort of learning as well when you're training up against them. But they would never sort of say anything. But the best way is like, like I said, game experience, playing three o'clock, also watching. Go and watch, you know, I before I got into the first team, I'd be at QPR every three o'clock every Saturday watching Les Ferdinand, Bradley Allen, Gary Penrose, Roy Wakeley. You'd be watching what they did. And you sort of try and, and if you, you try and copy them, that's that's what you, that's what I did anyway. Doc. Mm -hmm. and then there was also there was a we had a really good reserve coach at the time, Roger Cross, and he was a very good um, striker coach. And he would he would uh, you know I was very lucky in those days is that um, in the afternoons he would say to the youth team we're going out and training in the afternoon and basically would be, be striker training and it was perfect for for me and strikers so that was good as well i had a really good uh, coach and roger cross to to learn from and like little movements and stuff of what to do when you're old so always this is i'm going to go get a bit technical here but if the center half has the ball the midfielder has the ball and you want the ball to feet i would always sort of stand behind the defender so and then if the defender sees me behind him he then goes behind me and as soon as he goes behind me, then I would come in front to get the ball to feet. So you, you need the, these little movements. And if you want the ball in behind, you go short and then spin. So mm. you take the defender in and he thinks, oh, he's coming to feet, but then you spin over the top. So you need these little movements. And I was lucky to have a coach um, who taught me that at a very young age. It was like 14, 15. These are the movements. And it took me, it, by the way, it took me years to know how to do it. Because when he first told me when I was 15, 16, I didn't just like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. But by the time you get into game experience and, like I said, and playing, it just becomes second nature. Mm. Now, I talk, you spoke to Sinclair after the, um, the Cardiff game. And, you know, he's, he's a really a good lad, a very humble lad. And you, know, you really root for him. But he, he said when he was at Shamrock Rovers, he, he um, was coached by Damien Duff. Former Ireland, Chelsea, and, and Fulham winger, you know, super players and right. And he, he said to him, like, you, the only way you're going to make make it at football, you have to be obsessed by the game. You have to watch as much as you can. He sort of said that he watches strikers, he watches football all the time. He's very sort of obsessed by the game. I mean, how important is that for him? Because you, you know, a lot of players now they play the game, they're very good at it, but they, you wouldn't say they're kind of fans of the game. How important yeah. is that kind of for him to, you know? I think it's I think it's important for any any young lad that they should be watching as much football on the telly, go into matches if you're not playing, watch as much as you can. I really do. I think if you want if you want a career out of football, but then there's some people who don't watch but are natural football players, and it's just this is my job, and they just they just know what to do. Mm. But me personally, watch as much as you can, and I would recommend that to any young player at QPR or any young player anywhere. Watch football. You want to be a footballer? Just centre forward and go and watch Harry Kane. Just go and watch him. I know he's yeah. in Germany now, but when he was there, go and watch him. Do what it should. And I, 
you go and watch Harry Kane live, it's completely different to watch him on the telly. And then you give it, oh my God, what a player he is live. Yeah. 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 The technique and the movement and the, mm. just the basics. He can, if you can get, the, as any footballer, right, we'll talk about Sinclair Arts, you can get the basics. You can get the basics really good. Sorted. I'm not talking about taking people on, but receiving the ball, holding it, laying it, moving, get them right. You you got a good, you got a great chance of having a career in football. Now, we've also discussed the um the you know there isn't much money for QPR to spend, but would you if an offer was to come in for Ilias Chernow, you'd have to kind of think about taking it, wouldn't you? I mean, he's probably QPR's best player and someone that you could get some money for i mean it's just uh, the case that is in yeah you, you've got to look at it but you have to have replacements in line do you know what i mean it's not selling uh, him oh, oh what are we going to do what we're going there has to be yeah. some backup plan we sell him we'll go and get hit we might go and get two or three you know what i mean get center forward get another uh, attacking midfielder benson another mid uh Another actual midfielder. Well, I mean, what's happening with Willock? I mean, he—it's just just a strange one. Mm. I mean, he gets taken off on Saturday at halftime. I mean, I've had that done to me, and that is not a nice feeling getting taken off at halftime. He, he, said, he said he was gassed. He was he was he was cooked by halftime, which again comes back to question about the fitness, doesn't it? Really. Uh, I mean, you at least give him 55 minutes, didn't you? 55. Because it, look, it looks it's like, unless you're injured, but getting taken off at half time is like for your. It's like I always, I got taken off at half time once by Ray Arford. I wanted to kill him. It looks mm. embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And it mm. sort of feel, feels like it's your fault that you're losing or you're not doing it. It's your fault. I'm taking you off at half time. Mm. It's, not, it's not a good one. And, the reason why I'm saying about Willock is, you know, if you're not, what was the point of giving him that extra year if you're not going to play him? He's just taking up money from maybe someone else to come in. I don't, I mean, I don't understand it, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of mixed messaging coming out there. He's, he's sort of saying, Ainsworth, that, you know, I want him here, he's part of my plans, but he does seem to be the kind of fall guy that he doesn't want to. You know, we'll take him off, he won't pick him, he won't leave him on the bench. And there's obviously, you know, I just think he doesn't fancy him, to be honest. That's how I see it. It's, it looks that way. I mean, if you're saying he's not fit, okay, why don't you play him against Norwich then? To get some fitness. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, against Watford, bring him on for two minutes. What for? Mm. It's a strange one. Because this yeah, time it's a very last, strange one, isn't it? Um, this this time last year he was one of the best players in the championship, and I've never seen form drop off so mm. rapidly off a cliff. Really, going to say, yeah, Ian. I, I think you, you, you can. All, you're almost struggling. You're struggling to know how to interpret that that 45 minute appearance. Uh, is it trying to reintegrate him into the team, or is it trying to put him in the shop window? It's it's a very curious one. I mean. I, I certainly feel if there's uh, if there are offers out there for Chris Willock, I, I think you know he, he's likely to be on his way. Um, 
because that that final year or, or this you know extra year of the contract we're talking about it was an automatic uh, uh clause so I, I i think in a sense they might ideally have, uh, have not wanted to do that but were sort of uh, committed to it so um and i think also you know we talked about what would happen if there's an offer for, for Ilias chair I, th I think at the moment so certainly if you ask most qpr fans you know would you rather lose Ilias chair or chris willock at this stage um that they're going to say chris willock because they will see uh, chair certainly as a player who, who's still uh firing at somewhere near to, to full capacity and and, and willock for whatever reason hasn't been doing that for for quite uh, quite a while um the i think the other you know we, we talked about having having a, a plan if, if someone goes and and again you look at that area of the field i'm not saying that there necessarily is is the depth of quality um of, of those sort of attacking players that, that play off a striker or wide but there are now quite a few of them um you have people like uh Dixon Bonner come into the squad. You have uh, Taylor Richards, who again has been a bit of a mystery as to why he hasn't played more. Um, but but those are all people who who operate in that area of the field. And and so uh, so, so in, in terms of looking at op options you've got, you'd say that if someone was to go from that area, then you know you're not going to be completely short without them, so to speak. Looking ahead to the weekend, it's um obviously a very difficult trip to Southampton on Saturday. Um, I mean, Kev, you've you, you played in struggling QPR teams when you're up against sort of like the big, strong teams that are fancy to be in the mix. I guess this time of year is probably the best time to play them at the start of the season. Well, it, they, they've got some good players. They've obviously sold some players, so they've got money in the bank to, you know, compete comply with FFP and also maybe make some signings. Um, I think it's that Southampton will try and dominate possession the way that um, they have done with uh, Russell Martin's teams with uh, Swansea and they, they, they'll, they keep the ball. I don't know. Um, sometimes they, I think they overkeep <laughs> keep possession just for the sake of it. But it's going to be... Uh, a tough game and I would say the tactics for QPR will be similar to what they did against Burnley away last season where sit deep and and counter attack and and that's where it suits um Sinclair Armstrong I think away from home suits him better because the counter attack and the spacing behind win the ball and and um and try and release him with uh with his pace and power so that suits him I think playing away suits Sinclair Armstrong better than sort of playing at home if you were trying to dominate but saying that we had 38 possession at home on saturday so it's a tough one uh they're a good team they've got some good players they've had a good start to the season but i would take a draw right now if you ask me but you never know then yeah i think um Again, Southampton have, uh, you know, they, they, they've shown already this, this season. They've got a bit of resilience about them. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying the three games they've played so far, they've uh, been ahead and then pulled back to one all and come back to win or 
I think the, the one against Norwich, they came back several times to get a four-all draw. So that, that suggests to me they've got kind of a good uh, good kind of character in the side. Um, even if you go ahead against them, they're, they're, they're going to um, come back at you. And, uh, you know, again, perhaps though we said Ipswich, maybe not the team you wanted to play at this stage of the season, maybe a team that's come down is one that is more suited. And, and I think, as uh, as Kev has said, some players we've got the, the, the style away from home might suit them a bit better. Um, so, uh, so I think, uh, you know, so certainly not inconceivable to, to get, uh, to get something out of that. Um, and I, and I actually, I, I'll be honest, I didn't actually hear Kev's prediction, so I'm not going to, uh, I, I can't, uh, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll take a draw. I took a draw right now. I'm you not take a draw. Point. Well, right. Well, I'm, Okay, well, I, I'm going to I'm going to echo you then and say I, I take a draw, and I think it's not inconceivable to, to to get one if they play really well. Yeah, so I, I I can't see it happening to be honest. I think um, Russell Martin is playing QPR plenty of times. He knows all about QPR. He's coached against Gareth Ainsworth in League One with MK Don. So he, you know, I just think that they'll have too much of QPR, especially down at home. I think it's I'll give them a chance of maybe getting a squeak if they can keep it tight. But if they concede early, then there's a good chance that Southampton could win this quite comfortably. So uh, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a three-one to Southampton, which uh, pains me to say it, but it's you know they started the season quite well. To be fair, they could win at Plymouth and on 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 Saturday and Plymouth are flying. I think uh, to be honest, I think Roman Leicester are going to walk away with this division. I think it'd be very similar to what Burnley did last year with, with, with those two. So um, we shall see. Well, thanks very much for joining us, boys. And um, hopefully we won't be as delayed in getting a, a podcast out for, for next week. And hopefully we're talking about um, some cheerier news. But uh, thanks for joining us. And as I always say, please subscribe on YouTube if you can and give us a like and all those nice things. And uh, I'll see you soon. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.